Hello again. This is Series 9 of Satisfied. The Series 9 podcasts enhance the Graceful Living Bible Study, covering the essential truths for living a life of freedom and joy in Christ. I'm Melanie Newton, just an everyday kind of woman who loves the Lord and His Word. In the last podcast, we looked at three gifts of the cross that we receive by faith in Christ. Today's podcast will cover Lesson 5 of the Graceful Living Bible Study. We'll look at the truth about Jesus' resurrection and what it means for us today. Have you felt overwhelmed by failure, discouragement, and insecurity as you try really hard to live as a Christian? Did someone promise you that your life would be a whole lot better if you just got saved, but you aren't seeing any difference? You might be like many Christians who have a lack of understanding of two vital truths. Christ's finished work on the cross to secure your complete acceptance before God and Christ in you as the reality of daily Christian living. You may have a fairly solid understanding of God's grace as it relates to your initial salvation experience. Your sins are forgiven and you're going to heaven when you die. But if that's all you know, you will have an incomplete understanding of God's grace toward you and ignorance of the Holy Spirit's role in your ongoing life as a Christian. Let me assure you once again of this truth. By your faith in Christ, you are completely accepted before God because of Christ's finished work on the cross. Done. No more need to feel insecure about that. My last two podcasts have covered six direct results of the cross that restored your relationship with God permanently. But there is another very important thing that was restored to us that makes daily Christian living not only possible, but also joyful. It was the main reason Jesus had to rise again from the dead, even though his death on the cross secured your complete forgiveness of sins. You needed something else, the restoration of life. That is what Christ's resurrection did for us. So let's examine Jesus's resurrection. What did it mean then? What does it mean now? Does it bother you when you watch a new movie about Jesus's life or even an old one and the movie just falls flat when it comes to the resurrection appearances of Jesus? Sometimes they are skipped altogether and other times they're portrayed as some kind of voice heard only type of thing. So with all the phenomenal capability of Hollywood special effects, it seems that filmmakers could do and would want to do a fantastic job of portraying Jesus in his resurrected body and his real interactions with all those 500 real people who saw him for 40 days. The resurrection of Jesus is the greatest real supernatural event in human history. The empty tomb and the appearances of Jesus together are powerful evidence of the fact of Jesus' resurrection. When the early Christians spoke of Jesus being raised from the dead, they were claiming that something happened to Jesus which had happened to no one else ever. God raised his son from the dead and gave him a new physical body that would never die again. Our culture is wild about the supernatural, sci-fi, and fantasy fiction. So why do we as a culture have difficulty believing that Jesus' dead body was resurrected into an immortal but completely physical body that walked, talked, 
ate, drank, and could be touched as any human being could do. I think it is because we don't really understand the true meaning of the resurrection and why Jesus had to rise from the dead. Do you know why Jesus had to rise from the dead? Wasn't the cross enough? Why is the physical bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ essential to our faith? Couldn't it have been some spiritual thing instead? After 2,000 years of Christians celebrating this human history changing event at Easter, many do not know the answer to those questions. Perhaps because so much of our teaching centers on the cross and our sin problem. But that's only half the story. Understanding the true meaning of the resurrection gives us a proper view towards being human, towards life after death, and even towards our present purpose on this earth. Several years ago, I read a book called The Resurrection of the Son of God by N.T. Wright. This insightful book helped me to understand what the resurrection meant to people living 2,000 years ago, as well as for us today. I first learned what the resurrection did not mean. The resurrection was not meant to prove life after death. Nearly everyone in the Roman world of Jesus' day believed in some form of post-death existence. That is, the soul living on after the body died, just like today. The resurrection was not the appearance of Jesus' spirit or ghost. Even though the Gospels clearly say this, people persist in viewing the event as somehow ghostly rather than physical. The term resurrection in that day and in that time period where Jesus lived meant receiving a new physical body after a time of death. It was never a way of talking about a ghost or spirit. That's why it was so offensive to the Greek-influenced mind. To them, the body was evil. Why would anyone ever want a new body? The resurrection also does not directly prove that Jesus is God. The Jews expected the resurrection of all the righteous before the kingdom was established. That wouldn't prove that they were God. Jesus did not become the Son of God at the resurrection, but the resurrection declared that what he did in his life and in his death was the work of God's Son. So the resurrection did not prove life after death, it was not a ghost appearance, and it did not prove that Jesus is God. Eliminating those ideas leads us to what the resurrection does mean. Jesus had to rise from the dead because his resurrection had several purposes in the plan of God. Purpose number one for Jesus' resurrection, to announce the beginning of the kingdom. Many Old Testament passages prophesied the resurrection. Like I mentioned earlier, the Jews expected the resurrection to happen before the kingdom was established. You can look at the verses in your listener guide to see what was promised and their expectations. They just didn't know that it would be a two-stage process. First, the Messiah resurrected, then later everyone else. Jesus' resurrection announced the beginning of the kingdom. Purpose number two for Jesus' resurrection, to give all believers hope for our future. We will one day be with God in heaven and receive a resurrected body like Jesus' body. Jesus' body was the same but different than what it had been before. One writer called it transphysical, meaning transformed physicality. 
Since we get a similar body, I wanted to look at this more closely. What stayed the same? One of the most important facts is that in his resurrection body, Jesus looked like a normal human. He wasn't glowing. That gives us a proper view towards being human. When God made a new body for Jesus, he didn't choose a spotted owl or a whale or some alien life form. He created another human body. Remember that I said the pagan view was that the body is evil and the soul is good. But God's view is that the problem was not the body itself, which he had purposefully designed. The problem was sin and death, which had taken up residence in the body. Being an embodied human is good. What is bad is being a rebellious, decaying human because of sin and death. How do you view the body God gave you? You are fearfully and wonderfully made. We get that from Psalm 139. Jesus looked like a normal human. That is a good thing. As a human, Jesus talked, walked, and preached a sermon at the same time. And he had memory. He also invited his followers to touch him and see that he was real. He referred to himself as having flesh and blood, using his hands to break bread and eat broiled fish. A lot was the same. But what was different? Sometimes it was hard to recognize him. Perhaps his new body was created to appear the ideal age for a man, whatever that might have been for Adam, perhaps the perfect 25-year-old. That would have changed his looks, considering he died as a 30-something. God left the scars on his hands, his side, and his feet to be obvious means of identification. Jesus could also appear and disappear at will. His body passed through grave clothes, a rocky tomb, and walls where the disciples were meeting behind locked doors. It's as though there is another dimension we don't see that exists alongside the one we do see. That would explain several things in the Bible. His body was physically robust. After all, he walked and preached a sermon for a good part of the seven miles to Emmaus, two days after he was severely beaten and crucified. And Jesus is reigning over his kingdom from heaven as God-man until he returns to set up his kingdom on earth. While waiting for that time, Jesus' resurrection gives us hope for our future. The Bible teaches that when you as a believer die, you go immediately to be with Jesus. You can be confident of this. I've given you some verses in your listener guide that teach that. You will also be in God's hand in a prepared place where you will receive comfort and be recognizable. You will enjoy all the blessings of being there. We have the hope of reunion with loved ones and a wonderful new life to enjoy forever. And you will get a resurrected human body like His, perfect, sinless, robust, and designed for eternal life. That's the hope that Jesus' resurrection gives us for our future. But God had a plan for our lives today. And that's purpose number three for Jesus' resurrection, providing a solution to our state of spiritual death. I said earlier that it wasn't enough for Jesus to die on the cross, even though his death secured our complete forgiveness of sins and acceptance in God's sight by faith in him. Jesus had to rise again from the dead because we needed something else very important. We needed the restoration of life. 
That's called regeneration. Dead people need regeneration of life. We covered it in this week's lesson. Regeneration is a term often used to describe the restoration of a thing to its pristine state, as in the restoration of a piece of furniture or a car. In the New Testament, regeneration primarily refers to the restoration of spiritual life to one who is spiritually dead. All humans are born spiritually dead. Paul wrote about our life before Christ in Ephesians chapter 2. We were dead, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts without hope and without God in the world. Not a pretty picture, is it? As an unbeliever, your problem was not just that you were a sinner in need of forgiveness. You were dead and in need of life. Jesus said that he came to give us life, abundant and full. In John chapter 3, Jesus told Nicodemus that he had to be born again. Everyone is born once in the flesh, that's physical birth, but salvation requires a new life-giving experience, being born of the Spirit. In John chapter 5, Jesus declared that anyone who believes in him is given this new life, crossing over completely and permanently from death to life. Paul wrote that we are made alive in Christ and are a new creation from that moment onward. But how do we get this new life? In John chapter 14, Jesus promised that God would give the Holy Spirit to us to be with us and in us forever. It is the Holy Spirit who makes our spirits alive through His presence. Resurrection brings life, and this life of Christ is in you, dear believer. Paul described this in Colossians chapter 1, verse 27 as Christ in you. Christ in you is a fact of your new existence. It happens at the moment of salvation, and it lasts forever. We are made alive, no longer dead. This begins a new adventure of learning how to live with Christ in us and depending upon Him to do anything of value. This new adventure is part of God's purpose for us on earth. God didn't take us to heaven right away when we were saved because we have a purpose here. We are here by God's design to follow Jesus as His disciples and to live for Him as disciple makers. That means intentionally sharing our faith with others leading them to Christ and helping them grow in their faith so they can reach their peers for Christ. We do that through His power in us, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. You are made alive, no longer dead. Because of God's great love for us, He takes humans like you and I who were once spiritually dead and makes us alive in Christ. It is His love that does this. It is His grace that gives this. It is His power that makes this happen. What a gift! Dear Christian, you can know and live with confidence that God's life is now indwelling you forever. You are alive in Christ. Christ is alive in you. Now you can enjoy the life given to you by Christ Himself. Thank God for His indescribable gift of life to you and consider all the benefits of having His life in you. Through this life, you will experience freedom and joy. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the greatest event in human history. Life-changing, life-giving. 
because of his resurrection, we get eternal spiritual life now and the promise of eternal physical life in our future, a new physical body that far exceeds anything we have ever known here. And this same Jesus is in his physical human body in heaven, waiting for us to join him there someday. That is hope. Let Jesus satisfy your heart with his grace so that your life overflows with his grace every day. You will experience a life of freedom and joy. Until next time, I'm Melanie Newton, and this is Series 9 of Satisfied.